Welcome, everybody, to a special edition of Dadgum Enriquez Review a Movie, where we're looking at the documentary, um, something about Maserati. It's What's Maserati, it the House of the... No, no. The Maserati. House of, yeah. The House of Cars. Ooh, killing it. No, it's Maserati, House of the Trident, uh, 100 Years Against the Odds. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Luke Dadgum Petri, and here with me is Gordon Enriquez Strickler. Yes, sir. So, so tell us uh, about how all of this started. Yeah, so we partnered with Tricoast Entertainment Worldwide. They sent us a couple of... Uh, snippets and uh, shots from stills, I should say, from the documentary and ask if we would be uh, interested in taking a a stab at reviewing this. And we jumped on it and said yes. We've obviously peaked. Oh, yeah. We're we're hitting film companies in California now. (laughs) So So, we're big time. I think I'm close to being able to buy myself a Maserati. Um, I am not. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I am either. Uh, We've made an entire negative $200 probably from this so far, I would say, in our Uh, career. Oh, uh, oh, shoot. We've we've spent more than that on this thing. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we're nowhere close. Especially the amount of uh, money we spent on movie tickets. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I was just thinking about the (laughs) one solo cup we still haven't mailed to the (laughs) fan who requested one. So, ambition here at Dagum Enriquez. He really did. We we need to send that to him. But anyway, yeah, so we talked to this production company. We agreed to do uh, a review of their documentary. We Mm -hmm. just finished watching it within the last 30 minutes, right uh, right afterwards. We almost set my house on fire, and we're fine now. (laughs) And we're going to talk about this movie, um, and by that I mean documentary, and the uh, hour and 20 minutes it takes to get through it, which is uh, not too bad for documentary style. Those can drag on, or they can be... Yeah, that was it was pretty good. So, first of all, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say I am not a car guy. I don't know anything about cars. I know what they look like. I know mm-hmm. how they drive, and that's about it. I have no intimate uh, favorability when it comes to brand or anything like that. Uh, you could hand me a truck versus a sports car, and I'd feel about the same. I know you're a little more intimate with cars, so I you like want to give a little bit a of background from your perspective on just your relationship with cars in general. Well. It's it's not a deep relationship with cars. It's more of a relationship with a, a Dodge Charger. And, you know, whenever I was um, very young and playing Grand Theft Auto 3, uh, the Dodge Charger in there always stuck out to me. Okay. And so I just I always had to have one. I have one. And now I ha- I've always had to have one. There it is. And now I've had two in my life, and there will be many more. Okay. Have you ever driven a Maserati? No. I have, actually. Really? So I got to drive one... Uh, for about an hour, I'd say, in my life. One of Maria's, um, one of the, the owners of the company, my wife mm-hmm. works for, uh, owned a Maserati, and I got to drive it um, once or twice. It is a very, very, very fast car. I couldn't tell you which model I drew, drove. Drew. I knew it was a, um, <sighs> it was like a purplish-violet color, like a deep maroon. I would call it like a burgundy. Burgundy, yeah, sure, we yeah. go there too. But it was it was a very fun car. It was, it was a very a nice car. It was the sedan version, but it was still very fast. I believe that. it would accelerate, yeah. like push you back in the seat, accelerate. Yep, it was That's fun. So fun, but um, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about this. I, you know, like I don't have any sort of pre preemptive knowledge around this. I, I do. I was exposed to some things that I didn't know. Like I did not ever know that it, Maserati had any sort of financial trouble in its history yep, or worry or concern. I just assumed that they made their. You know, they're 400 cars, 400, 300 cars a year, sold them, and we're happy until next year. What do you mean? They make so many. They're, like, very commercialized. Now, dude, oh, up until the like, 1970s, they were still hand-making these things. I know. That's nice. And when they were saying, like, they rolled out 221 in a year, and I'm like, yeah. I can see how this could be financially not yeah. suitable to continue. <laughs> 
So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I got a lot of that from it. There was, there was a very, very beautiful version of this car from 1953. I did write down, I think it was the, uh, a six GCS, which was the, the one that the guy was talking about was like the white car. And he was like, it makes a very guttural sound. It's like music yeah, to my ears. Yeah, that was a yeah. gorgeous that was a car. Very pretty car. And it looked like it was still like, he kept that thing. That thing was pristine. Beautiful. Yes. There was, but there's lots of them in this movie. I mean, obviously, in the the early 1900 versions of them, they just look like little box cars. That I mean, that's just what they looked like. Yeah. Can we talk about that for a second? Can you imagine going 118 miles per hour that's inside exactly these what cars? I was thinking. I didn't think any of those things topped like 60. Yeah, I wrote down 118 miles per hour, and you're basically armed with goggles. They yeah. were talking about in the 1920s was when they had the race where they averaged 153 yeah, miles that's per hour. That's insane. That's crazy. I didn't even think That'd cars went that fast. Because it looks like it's just four bicycle wheels attached know, on the man. end. I don't know. They're like Tokyo drifting in these I things. Know. They're like, they're spinning the wheel, like leaning out, giving their wives kisses as they go by at 118 miles per hour. That made like, me so sad, by the way. Oh yeah, there's some, there's like yeah, there's one which I I know we're going fast already. Like we just came into this thing hot. It's because this documentary just comes in hot and it does not stop no, for the entire is, hour and a half. There is no breaks to it this is whatsoever. Fast. It uh, is a crisscross of history of the company and their uh, involvement and influence within the racing world. Yep, that's exactly what it is. But there was one racer um, who's like, uh, racing won't kill me, um, and then obviously it kills him. So. His last race, he stopped at the pits, gave his girlfriend or wife, wife. Care, wife a wife. kiss, and he went off the side of the road, killed himself, his spotter, and ten, ten people. people, five, five of them with, children. Yes. We're like, oh, well, this yeah. just took a turn. A very, very dark turn in Maserati history. That that was what prompted Maserati f- to get out of the racing industry for some time. I guess for their own built and sake of racing. They still yeah, manufactured they still uh, engine base. in there, and it seemed like, but... Yeah, I mean, this is to me. If you're a car enthusiast, this is this is a good one to watch. I mean, well, I think it's it's going to serve two people. I think it's going to serve or three people actually. I think it's going to serve car enthusiasts that just have you know a a deep respect for all cars. It's going to really be there for people who are Maserati collectors or just understand somewhat of the history. And just this is just more detail to it. And then I think it also uh, just serves for history people in general because it did talk about the wars and both of them. Uh, both world wars and the implications that uh, this car company had on those. Yeah. So it was, I mean, it was all around. It was for everybody. Yeah. I mean, it was very good uh, plotted out. It went through the years very fast. So if you so don't fast. have an intimate uh, relationship with this company or the history around this, what I would suggest doing, and this is a, it's a, it's a little bit of the cop out way to learn about this, but I, uh, I pulled up the Wikipedia page for Maserati as I watched this. And when they were calling out the car models, the good thing about the Wikipedia page and Maserati's history is that they actually have each uh, type of car listed out by year and whether mm-hmm. it was for uh, the racing perspective or for just the road performance. So as they were talking about each one, I clicked on it just to get a frame of reference. And that, that actually worked and suited very well for this. So a companion guide, whether it be Wikipedia or a book about Maserati, might be uh, handy to have to just be able to pause and just read a couple of side notes just about the car. Because if you're like me and you don't know the first thing about it, mm-hmm. it helps being able to just take a moment and read a sentence or two so you can get yourself on the same playing field with the people in within the documentary. I'd also suggest throwing on subtitles because if you're like me, if somebody stutters a little bit, I lose all ability to understand what they're saying. And I'm not going to say these accents were, you know, awful or anything. They're just Italian accents. And there were times where 
I didn't know what they were saying. Well, but yeah. even some of the British guys, like sometimes when they were talking, didn't you know there was British people on there? Like, yeah, I didn't really have as much trouble with the accent and everything. It was more just that there were a lot of deep voices and deep voices carrying through with uh, the 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 score they had going on in the background would sometimes mm. blend with one another. Yeah, and and I think Maybe that's what you know, it was. we have a little bit of a preliminary um, point to this, but I think it was just uh, you know there were some times that I, I had to concentrate a little more than others. It was very clear that the people that are involved with Maserati today are very still passionate about this mm-hmm. this uh, this car and everything. There was the the little old guy who came in that revolutionized everything from the racing perspective. Still looked like he was very, very, very uh, happy to be involved. The guy with the big smile. He just had like a Steven Tyler mouth. He every time made me want to listen more because he just seemed so (laughs) so like in touch with the. It did seem like a good company to work for. Yeah, it did. It did. I had no idea they (laughs) were involved. I don't know financially. Well, financially not, but they're still you know for the mental aspect of it. Like the guy at the end says like quality of life. Yes, exactly. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. They talked about that a lot. I had no idea they had any involvement in boats, like in, in, in sailing races and stuff. No clue. I mean, I knew their logo was a trident, but I just thought that was cause it looked cool. Yeah. I mean, to me, that was the best twist in this documentary was, was like, it? it started with boats and I was like, we got the wrong thing. <laughs> and then by the end I was like, we didn't, <laughs> they're still involved with this. So, um, this was good, man. I mean, yeah, I really liked, I really liked the guy who I think his name, and I, I'm going to butcher this, so I apologize to everyone, but there were so many Italian names and everything, but I think his name was Nino Farino. Um, but he talked about the fact that he had gotten involved and, uh, he was the one that was like, you know, I haven't died yet. Not from lack of trying. Oh, yeah. And he talked uh, about like, wrecking I've tried, his, I've tried two or three he's, times. he's wrecked his father's <laughs> car. He's wrecked his brother's car. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, this guy, you just don't let him drive your car. No. It's not that he can't drive. He's probably just pushing it to its limit every oh, yeah. single time. So I thought that was really cool. I had no idea that the uh, Ford industry, Henry Ford, the second tried to buy this company. That was interesting. That I didn't been, know that Ferrari had bought. Well, like, well, I, so I, it I, wasn't I, a, buy. I got it a little like a turn around. So Fiat owns both Ferrari and uh, Maserati now. I didn't know they owned Maserati. I didn't either. Apparently. Did you guys know that the Maserati brothers took themselves out? No. I had no clue. In the mid-1940s, they were I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know. I don't even know if there's a Ferrari that's still in the Ferrari dealership. I have no idea. I don't know those things. I just, uh, I thought it was interesting. I liked that there were basically three completely separate components to the Maserati uh, production base. So you have your your racing models, you have your street, or uh, I would say... Um, retail models, for lack of a better term, and then you have these concept cars. And uh, if I'm going to say there's one thing in this, and I'm going to go ahead and throw this out as my least favorite part, was the the Maserati boomerang. I think it was wild. I uh, was I'm sorry, guys. That that just looked like okay. Let's make a glass coffin and yeah. wheels. But it's gotta, like if, which I know you don't do this, but I look at concept cars pretty often of, of just like stupid looking cars that are coming out. BMW puts out a lot that are really interesting looking. And if you look at those now, and say in 40 years, if you were to look back on those concept cars, I guarantee we'd be saying the same thing. I, at oh, that I don't time, doubt it. I don't it's know. like a future marvel that's like, what the heck? That's that's going to yeah. revolutionize everything. I mean, I get it. And I get the art and the, uh, I guess, creativity and ingenious that goes into that. But as someone who just isn't in touch with that world, I saw that and I was like, there's no way. Like, <laughs> you hit the wrong bug at 90 miles per hour and you're shredded from the glass yeah. exploding all around you. But... <laughs> But um, no, I mean this was this was fun to watch. It was nice to see uh, you know a different spin to things um, from our normal go through. I liked the birdcage model actually, which was kind of funny looking. Mm-hmm. It was the one with the big wheel hubs mm-hmm. and the guy I was like sitting down one. in it. That was that was pretty cool. And the history behind that was 
was pretty fun to listen to. So did yeah. it make you want a Maserati? I did until I heard the price tag is seven hundred thousand dollars. That's not the normal <laughs> price tag for a Maserati, though. As far as I know, that's the only price I heard <laughs> coming like, out of there was seven hundred thousand dollars, and I was like. Yeah, maybe in my it was third whatever lifetime. Whatever they were racing, it, they had to have a street car that was also um, available to the public or whatever it was. It was those cars that were seven hundred thousand dollars. Okay, sure. How uh, much? How much do you think a Maserati is? I don't think you can get one cheaper than one hundred twenty thousand. One hundred twenty thousand. I think it's one hundred twenty thousand dollars for a Maserati. There's, there's, there is a Maserati under one hundred thousand dollars. I'm basing. Gotta be. I'm basing all of this on nothing more than just, uh, uh, you know, gut. <laughs> there's no, there's no science to this. I just uh, I just can't believe you can get one for under a hundred thousand dollars. I just I'm don't. looking it up. All right. So while they're looking it up, uh, what what was what did you like best about this? I mean, what piqued your interest the most going through this? Uh, um, Luke? I think I actually liked the business side of it the most. Uh, I liked the they were bought by this company, and then um, like I was really interested in especially in the current stuff. Whenever they were talking about the Fiats and the um, Ferraris and and the interwoven car companies that are all working together and it's kind of just crazy to think about not just that one but like dodge jeep chrysler like they're all you know families dealership type things and it's just that's that's to me that was my favorite part. yeah i think mine was actually the fact learning that these things up until the 1970s were hand built one by one and that each one was different and then the the guy was doing the little trick where he was like putting a bad spark plug in so when he go down to do the inspection he'd be like we need to change the plug and they'd put it in he'd be like there it's perfect and it'd run like great like he's like he did that little <laughs> trick just to stay on top of the game every time. Like I just I liked that little uh, you know that little touch to everything. It just it felt good. I okay. see the girls are perked yeah. up about I price. Feel like, so I feel like we have a price. I now. feel like I've won. So there are two models of Maserati that are about under eighty thousand, between seventy five and eighty thousand. Is that the uh, motorized bicycles they were no, talking about? It's the, Gi- <laughs> the Ghibli and the Levante. Yeah, they talked about the Ghibli. Yeah, they did. Yep. I don't remember and the then, Levante, but I remember the Ghibli. That's, well, that's, the... Uh, that's newer. It's a, it's like a mini SUV okay. type vehicle. And then they have uh, the Quattro Porto, which is probably what, we, what you drove. Quattro more Porto like is that the four door? That's the four door. Yeah, yep. and that's um, about one hundred and ten thousand. And then the Gran Turismo convertible is about one hundred and fifty. The Gran Turismo is a pretty good looking car too. Yeah, it is. It really is. All of them are. I mean, yeah. you get into those type of luxury cars. Can you guys like when you see a Maserati on the street? Do you know it's Maserati? Yeah, immediately. Yes, absolutely. I mean, Why? it's uh, it carries a certain composure to itself if that makes sense for a car i mean like it's it's the same thing as looking and seeing a ferrari or a lamborghini it's or, insta- yeah, and instantaneously recognizable to me it's just the same thing as like seeing a tesla you know immediately it's a tesla it's just, just by looking at the side of it i mean you don't even have to look at a front on or from the yeah. back or anything it's just it's slick yeah. it's sleek it looks great uh and the trident helps on the front helps yeah. yeah don't they all have i don't even know what these are i'm not a car person but the three little Yep, vent looking yeah, things. Yeah, they do. And I thought it was kind of weird actually whenever they showed the um, production, whenever they were putting it on, because it just looked like they were basically yeah. popping on a little just plastic piece. Oh, is that it? Oh, like so, was a little more than that. <laughs> another one of the things that like I'm torn up inside after watching this, and this may be bad because it's their parent company, I guess, but Fiat, right, was gonna take their collection of these cars and destroy them. 
and like the country of Italy had to step that. in to save that. Oh, no, that was a long time ago, right? Like, I think that was a, the company. Like they were going to break up the company. Yeah, but they were to, no. There was a there was a quote in there specifically yeah, about they reducing somebody bought them the collection. They bought them and then they had like a standalone museum for them now. Oh. Yeah, he he came in and bought it because he felt like that was his um his yeah. his goal or not his goal but his I guess uh, obligation for the for the country of Italy to to save that. That collection, and I just I thought that was uh, that was pretty horrible. That was a pretty horrible yeah, thing. I mean, yeah, it'd be like I know it's not like that, but if there was just a bunch of Acuras that were old, it's like why why even? Yeah, but I mean, these are like super old. These are not like <laughs> no, hey, let's get a couple of Acuras and just crush those things. <laughs> these super, are like they're super old, and they're also a Maserati is different than an Acura. You know what I mean? Like having a super old Maserati is. Yeah, I guess I take it the equivalent of like you open your fridge, it's been a day, and you have like a prime rib in there, and then a piece of like salami, and you're like, well, let's just toss that prime rib. (laughs) No, (laughs) this is the prime rib of cars. Like you don't do that. (laughs) So let me ask you this: this is a very serious question. Uh, How does Jack Black fit into this? I wanted him to be the narrator. He should be the narrator. I thought the narrator was fantastic. To be honest, yeah, he was very good. He had a very deep voice. Yeah, um, but I never got any muddledness from him. He he was flirting the uh, the trailer guy, you know, in a world. Where yeah, I know he was. <laughs> like <laughs> it's Will Arnett, I think, is the one that's like closest to that type of voice, mm-hmm. like in acting. But mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I mean, I, I I enjoyed it. It kept my attention, which is hard to do with cars because I just I get in about five minutes and I usually don't care. But this, I watched this all the way through. I enjoyed it. Yeah, watched it all the way through. Okay. Um, I mean, with anything, especially whenever I watch it at the house, it's very hard for me to not have my phone out. And this one, I didn't get it out at all, mostly because it was behind me charging. So <laughs> I did it. All right. That was like one of the one of the car designers, um, Giugiaro was his name, um, and he was like the pinnacle of what I picture when I think of like an older Italian man. Like he had like the raspy voice. Yeah. He did the. He was the one who kind of started when we first saw him. Like. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you coming from a from a pretty Italian family. I mean, yeah. it seemed like it was like oh, just homecoming. I love yeah. that. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think if I if I had any qualms with this or anything, it's like I actually was super interested in the racing aspect. So while I understand that squeezing a hundred years of history in an hour and twenty four <laughs> yeah. minutes is a, is a pretty a heavy feat. This might have been uh this might have been worthy to break into two sections to do like first fifty years, second fifty years, because I I could have watched a lot of the racing stuff, like the old clips and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I could have watched that for an entire sitting. Mm-hmm. Like um and I remember, man, like we saw that first just spin out. It wasn't even a wreck, just a guy spinning out. Like I was like, Oh god, because it's yeah. like there's you're wearing goggles. Yeah. That's all you got. Yep. So well, like in the nineteen fifties when they basically had some sort of a GoPro in their car, like you could see it from the point point of view of the driver, yeah, like no in the car. Clue the technology Dude, uh, yeah, I mean existed. obviously I don't have know what to... they were doing, but it was insane to watch them going around yeah, corners it and stuff. Was. Like it just did not it did not feel safe. So I'm going to put a Tricos Entertainment here on on notice real quick because one of the things I am going to have to email them on um, when we send this back is I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'm 99.9 percent sure I watched Maserati show that sometime in the past that they had basically record players that were look like CD players in their cards. I watched a man pull like an eight inch vinyl out of his car, flip it and put it back in. And I was like, what? Oh, I heard you say that. I missed that. Yeah, no, it was, it was a very, very quick scene, but I was like, that's a record player in the car. car. (laughs) Like I need to, I need to know if I saw that right or not. So 
there's going to be a follow-up email with that uh, question behind it. So I need I need some more information on that. So uh, I'm assuming we have no Rotten Tomatoes and no audience score because this hasn't been released yet. It comes out Tuesday. Is that right, Luke? No, Monday. It comes, it comes out. out the same day that no, this right. review comes out, okay. November so, 18th. Yeah, okay. So we're releasing at the same time. Mm-hmm. So uh, we will definitely be throwing some stills up from the movie on our site. We'll be... Um, We'll be uh, encouraging our listening base to go check this out, uh, especially if you're a car enthusiast or just want some history around the company. Do you know where they can find it? Uh, yeah, they emailed it to us. It, it seemed like uh, a lot of the, the big streamers. Yeah, I don't it, know which one it's missing, but it's... it's, it's we'll post it. Yeah. We'll, we're going to paste yeah. all infor- information out there. We will, we will throw it up there probably Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, along with our normal postings, just to, to sort of plug this um, in addition to our show. So uh, the partnership is formed, and from that... Uh, not a seven hundred thousand car will be built, but a great episode on both fronts. <laughs> we would take a car. We yeah, yeah. You know what? We should have probably said we need to review the car as well. Yes. <laughs> so, but anyway, so I'm going to give this. Uh, you know, as far as documentaries go, I, I kept my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wasn't disappointed. I was afraid I was going to get a little bit bored. Uh, mm-hmm. I wish they had uh, drawn it out just a little bit more. Actually, which is a weird thing to say about a documentary, but I feel like there were a couple of subject matter things. I actually would have liked it a lot to learn about the war efforts they put in because they said yeah, they started, they, yeah, they kind of I, I moved past that. So, I mean, to too. me, this is a solid B plus. I'd watch this again. I'd do it again. I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'd watch this again. I think I was good with the one time I watched it, but it is, it was entertaining. It's a document. I don't think I can watch too many documentaries. Oh, I mean, I'm not going to sit down tonight and plug, okay. plug it in again, <laughs> but if somebody like I'd show this to Patrick and Sean and sit through it. Yeah. With them. No. Yeah. You know? I don't do that. Um, I mean, I'd give it around a, Seven and a half, eight. I mean, it's, okay, it's, it's fine. Fair. It's fun. Yep. It's it's something to watch. Anybody else? Girls? I was just going to say, it's probably they probably don't want to focus that much on the war efforts when they were on the losing side. Ooh, okay. That's fair. Okay. All right. <laughs> just, so, just a uh, nod. <laughs> yeah, we'd like to know anyone's feedback that gets an opportunity to watch this. So you can hit us up on... Uh, you know, our Instagram page at Dadgum Enriquez and our Facebook page at Dadgum Enriquez Review a Movie. And you can send us your questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, uh, car requests to <laughs> dadgumenriquez at gmail.com. And we'd like to, again, uh, send a special thank you to Tricos Entertainment for giving us the opportunity to do this. And, uh, and we'd love to do this again. So sh- if you guys have any other movies that you would like us to watch for you, yeah, I did creep us. on your trailer log and you have some stuff out there that's pretty interesting. So, uh, so give us, give us a, Pop on over and shout at us. Just a, just a little <laughs> pop over. Yeah. Okay. And just uh, just so you know, we're streaming on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Alexa, and iTunes. So leave a review on any of those platforms and feel free to uh, listen to multiple episodes of the show. And with <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's it for me. Goodbye. Okay. Go bye.